0: The Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn.
1: Man, it's been a while.
0: Sure has. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn.
1: Hey, guys. So,
0: you guys, the listeners, know as much as anybody that it has been a crazy season. And Michael, Matthew, and I have decided to take a short break from recording the podcast. And we'd like to offer our humblest apologies to you guys. We have missed you, and we know you've missed our content, and we thank you for being loyal listeners, Um, but with life being what it is, we decided to take a break, but as the season is kicking back up, there is Browns news to talk about. We are going to be back talking about the Browns. It looks like there is going to be a football season, and so your boys, the brothers, will be here talking about football.
1: In the meantime, though, there was some personal news that happened. Mark Kuhn is engaged to be married. Oh, hey-o. i, was, I forgot for a second. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> where is it's Michael? already old news. Like, it happened like literally a week ago, and you already forgot. I, I was wondering where you're going with that, too. I was like,
2: wait, are you having another kid or something? <laughs> <laughs> No. A
0: fifth is on the way for Michael.
2: Against all odds.
0: Yeah. Grandpa can stop talking about uh, when I'm going to tie the knot um, whenever we give him a call. That's he knows it's happening. Yep. I liked it, so I put a ring on it. That's all there is to it.
2: Well, What was that covered? Did you call Grandpa to tell him, or did Dad tell Grandpa? Uh, they Dad, FaceTimed Dad him the had already
0: day. told Grandpa and then handed me the iPad to FaceTime Grandpa. Uh, and him okay. and Nancy were just over the moon. Just um, elated. Grandpa was so excited. And then I emailed him some photos and stuff like that, and he was like, great photos, Mark. <laughs> Period. <laughs>
1: Thanks for sharing. That might be one of the best things about the wedding is if you have it up here, Grandpa has to make the trip up here. He actually must. Yeah, yeah. It's a requirement. Can we do this?
2: Can we do this during football season on the week that the Browns play the Titans?
0: And then not go to the game, so that Grandpa
2: can go with us to the game.
0: You think we're going to be going to football games this year?
2: I do not. (laughs) I do not. Although if anyone's going to football games this year, it'll be people in Tennessee because.
0: (laughs) That is where we are.
2: That's where we are at the moment.
0: Yeah. But the three of us, uh, for any listeners who are curious, the three of us have stayed COVID-19 free thus far. Um, We'll let you know if that changes. Um, We'll probably have some two-man pods, one-man pod, maybe zero-man pods if we all get it.
2: <sighs> Cross my fingers. Yeah, we'll hand it off to the next generation. <laughs> Michael's kids just just run with one.
1: If we had an the, all the, kid the, pod without like an adult moderator, like it would be a complete be a disaster. They're very familiar though. They listen to the podcast while they go to bed. Sometimes they like <laughs> ask to listen to our podcast. Of all things, that's
0: hilarious. And they,
2: they learn a few new words.
0: Well, most most of the time we bleep them out. Uncle Matthews
2: yes. always. <laughs> um,
0: well, let's, let's talk about that COVID-19 football. Um, you, tell me what you guys think about the Players Association agreement, um, what you think the football season is going to look like this year. Obviously, there's no preseason games. Um, what do you guys think about the whole agreement?
2: It's going to be wild. I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm like, having no preseason games is going to – feel like going from zero to 100 from a fan perspective you know you like the hall of fame game was supposed to be thursday on the 6th and <laughs> and it's it's not happening so going from nothing to week one is going to be crazy i worry about um like our rookies like not not getting the the snaps and fan exposure um, that's my biggest worry going into this season is Jedrick Wills at left tackle and like how that works. Cause he's, he's going to start at that position. They've already come out and said that.
1: I mean, unless something drastic happens. Yeah. I
2: unless, mean. unless there's an injury and he misses a significant amount of like practice time or something. Um, so that'll be wild. I'm also just terrified that this season gets like half baked. Uh, you, you, look at what Major League Baseball is doing right now, which the NFL model is
1: more Major League Baseball than, plan, NBA. than NBA. and Or NHL, to be fair. Yeah. NHL is doing a good job with their bubble, too.
2: Yeah, and we've got two teams now in Major League Baseball that have uh, over 12 positive cases. Marlins have like 19. I think the Cardinals have 13 as of this afternoon. Like, that's devastating. Yep. And once it starts you can't stop it yep like unless you you get out in front of it and so my biggest worry is that we're going to start this thing get one or two weeks into the season and it's all going to come to a screeching halt because of or they just what keep, we could evolve or foreseen. they just
0: keep going and people are signing people off the streets <laughs> and the healthiest <laughs> team is the one who wins the super bowl and no, it's not even like, close. it's, it's going to blow
1: out It's going to be a survival of the healthiest team. Like, I almost think that's an inevitability. Like, that isn't even a question to me. It's like the team that can avoid their key players getting COVID is going to be the team that's going to... Like survive to the end. Like if you can Do you avoid think Tom Brady's wearing like
0: a bubble around his head everywhere he goes.
1: Have you noticed how Tom Brady is like much more free on social media? Oh, like he's much more vocal. Yeah, now like, that he's in Tampa. Yeah, he doesn't have the shackles uh, around his around his legs anymore. It's unbelievable. Anyways, the whole I first of all, I'm actually pretty impressed that the Players Association and the league like came to an agreement on the multitude of things that have to happen. I mean, like the business items, like figuring out what to do with the cap in future years, how to smooth that out, how to, all these protocols, like it was a lot of stuff to work through, which shows me that both sides really want to see the season happen. And so like, I fully expect us to have football, but what it's gonna look like is completely up in the air and how many weeks it lasts are we going to get a full 16 weeks i don't know i think we're going to get the first chunk of the season and i think we'll be lucky if we complete the full 16 are, games. i mean so if we, i had to guess are we going to have, have
2: teams to that just drop out like like we saw this in mls when they did their tournament like nashville and dallas were just like nope you're, you're, you're not going to participate in this anymore yeah like, you had are too we, many positive cases right yeah, i mean are, is this going to be the case where like I don't know. The Chicago Bears just like play two games and they're like, "Yeah, yep, no, nope, we're done. Is dumb. that
0: what we need to bring Nashville together against the coronavirus is threatened to have no football?
2: I mean, I I feel like anybody who's been paying attention has realized that there's a, a significant threat to have no football. But I, I don't know. I, I just hope that the players feel comfortable and... That actually doing football stuff is not going to be a a spreading event that would like harm people's health. Other than other than obviously playing football is, is harmful to your health in general. So there's a little bit of a
1: there's catch layers there's there. There's layers to
2: this. Um, but it, it's just so unknown. We'll see. We'll see. We're only
1: six weeks away from the first game which is mind-blowing. It's only six weeks away. Like, that's going to happen quick. I mean, it'll just be interesting to see if cases start to pop up just from camp and, like, over the next couple weeks as things are going on. You know, they've already got testing done. This is starting to ramp up. They're doing conditioning. It's going to roll from conditioning. They do, like, I think it's a phased, like, ramp-up period before they end up doing padded practices. So it's a few weeks, even still. And there's they only do like there's only
2: like 14 padded practices or something. Yes, like that.
1: Yes. And then they're going to be playing a regular
2: season football Think about being a rookie. Being a rookie. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. You're going half speed against your own team, and then week one, full speed against NFL players.
1: Yeah, it's I think the Browns wild. are at a significant disadvantage in this situation, having a complete new coaching staff, and there's a few rookies. We actually are relying on, you mentioned Jedrick Wills, but I think we're going to rely on Grant Delpit a pretty good bit too. Like that guy's going to get a lot of playing time and not having reps in the off season, like the OTAs and all that stuff. Like none of that stuff happened. Like these people haven't been in the same physical room with each other until like today. This is like the first time they've even like seen each other face to face. And
2: even then they're going only 15 people at a time into the weight room.
1: It's yeah. I mean, it's, It's going to be interesting. Those first few games are going to look ugly. And so it makes me wonder, like we're playing the Ravens in week one. No CJ Mosley. CJ Mosley doesn't play for the Ravens He's on the Jets. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) That is true. It's been a long time since we've thought football. But I just don't see realistically how we can even expect to win that game.
2: Well, I mean, it's just going to be a a slop fest. It's going to be like, It's going to be like one of those games where you can't see the lines on the field because there's snow or it's pouring down rain. It's like, who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be so ugly. So ugly. Lamar Jackson doesn't have preseason
1: games either. But at least he has largely the same personnel. He's lost a guard. He lost Marshall Yonda, but he has the same coaching staff. Same offensive scheme. You know, like all that stuff is consistent. Whereas the Browns have completely new... Head coach, offensive coordinator, like the whole system and everything is completely new. We didn't get a single preseason game to work out any of the kinks. Like yeah, it's so gonna, hard, like it's I, gonna be. A I mess. just I, it's gonna be a mess. Even if we had all the preseason stuff, like the Ravens would still be significantly favored. I, I would love to say the Browns stand a good chance in that game, but it, it's hard. I, I kind of feel like we're starting zero one, and we got to just kind of move on from there.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier, Michael, you talked about it being a battle of the healthiest team towards the end of the season. It's so interesting to me what the NBA – we see what it can look like with the NBA doing. And obviously the NFL can't do the same thing where they're like sitting in this bubble and this big um, uh, organizational structure all together in one place where they're not leaving. How can – what I wonder is how can teams keep their players – from interacting with outside people whenever they're going home to their own houses, like well, what well, are the limits? The, the on NBA that can't.
2: Be? I mean, Lou Williams goes and buys chicken wings at Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta.
1: Didn't see that. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, it's a it's a good one. It's a good story. <laughs> he was there for many hours at the strip club.
0: I love how someone's sitting there
1: documenting. But just for the chicken wings, no actually i kyle brant was on bill simmons podcast this week and was talking about that he was like i think what we're gonna see when the nfl season starts is a crazy paparazzi of like if an nfl player is out anywhere yeah like it's gonna be documented and it's gonna be all over the place and you're gonna see it everywhere and it's just gonna be like this like and i think that's absolutely the case like there's no doubt in my mind that that's what's gonna happen. So and so is not wearing a mask, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. gonna be a mess. The shame is just gonna pour on them. I mean,
0: you're you know gonna get like?
2: torn apart by your own team. But it's like it's like the NBA has a snitch line, like within the bubble, that you can anonymously <laughs> call in like tips against other players who like aren't who aren't abiding by the rules, which is hilarious to me.
1: <laughs> hey, gotta have it. But you know what? I will say. Gotta have this. The teams line. the teams with the better leadership and like more cohesiveness are definitely gonna be better at this. The than, Patriots are just than other be teams. Again. Like, well,
2: so yeah, I agree with you, and you bring up the Patriots. Patriots have had eight players opt out already. That's because they're miserable. That's starting to eat <laughs> into their roster, and none of the players you've got Marcus Cannon, um, who's on the offensive lines, kind Patrick of, Chung. kind of a big deal. Patrick Junks and Dante Hightower is yeah. a big deal.
1: They got three. Very significant players. All I'm saying is the team. I'm saying the teams with the better leadership and better cohesiveness are going to do better. I'm glad we're riding behind Stefanski and not Freddie Kitchens. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like we would be, we would be, we would be toast if Freddie Kitchens was there. Like that guy. No see, this is
0: Freddie Kitchens. This do you think Freddie Kitchens wears hell. a mask?
1: Freddy no
2: Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey, I don't think would believe in the coronavirus. <laughs> Like there's no way John Dorsey thinks wearing a mask is important.
0: If Freddie Kitchens got the virus, I'm not so sure. It would be rough. No, no, you've heard him walk up a pair of stairs. Well, no, Freddie
2: would be high risk. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So maybe he would care about the coronavirus. There's no way John Dorsey believes that like a tough football player should ever get sick a real football player would yeah, get sick. no real players do uh,
0: viruses you just got to run off if it's a bacteria infection that's <laughs> what you got to be worried about but viruses you just got to work away i had my my weight training coach told me that in high school
2: oh my oh, gosh man. yeah no i'm super glad um even watching some of the stuff that the team has put out in the offseason building the browns and such just the structure the the structure the the deliberate thought process the thoughtfulness the that Stefanski and Barry seem to have in conjunction with each other is probably exactly what you need in this time where it's like, you know what, we're not going to do this the way we've always done it. Like we're going to make the best of it. Yeah. We're going to do what we can and we're going to roll with
1: it. I was going to bring this up later, but it makes me wonder like we're very analytics focused, like front office, like numbers based and like very system driven and It makes me wonder if we have, I think we probably have a little bit of a competitive advantage just based on that. Because, like, I think that we're inclined to set order in place in everything that we do and plan it out. Whereas, like, there's a lot of guys that are like, oh, this is how we've always done it. We can't, like, do it any other way. How do you think Bill O'Brien's handling this? Yeah,
2: (laughs) The one-man show. (laughs) I think that's where COVID came from, probably that chin dimple. (laughs) There's a bat hiding in there. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I think I think also the the process of like reevaluating and be, like thinking critically and not not trying to just repeat what you've done in the past is helpful. Whenever you're trying to go outside the box, yeah. it's it's more of a um, a practice than a than like a, a talent,
1: if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that our chances are great because in week one, like I said, but I think over the course of the season, I think that I feel pretty good about the structure we have in place and the leadership and the direction and being positioned relative to other teams and how they would be inclined to handle this sort of thing. So I'm, I'm fairly optimistic in that sense. We'll see.
2: But you also never, I mean, this season is just going to be wild.
1: Because you never know, but it like, takes one dummy. Like, I mean, it takes one dummy on a yeah. whole roster to we, like come into the locker room. And right, yeah. who's it going to be? <laughs> most uh, likely, most that? likely to bring coronavirus in. It was Demarius Randall last year for sure. It might be okay. Is it like the really backwoods, like coronavirus doesn't exist guy, or is it the like partier guy that like is just, just going to go out and like help can't himself. help himself yeah. and like can't stay away? It's one of those two for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because if it's the guy that just doesn't think about it, I think Austin Seibert is the one that like Ooh, But, would but bring also it
2: in. but also maybe the new fullback. Was it Jan
1: Andy Janovich? Janovich. Um potentially. Those are those are high candidates in that camp. I mean Andy Janovich might have been like COVID patient number one, <laughs> like hunting <laughs> with his knife. <laughs> but in the like can't help himself camp. We might I mean Demarius Randall would have been, but I don't know obj maybe no but OB- obj is more like thoughtful
2: than and i don't you see him, that and i don't get the impression of him
0: doing lines and the. Uh, i mean like he i mean you i would like to think that about obj too i i really would but i don't know that it's necessarily no
2: true. but in my mind he's not like demarius randall he's not antonio calloway antonio calloway definitely would have brought it in um, if he was still on the team, there's no chance he wouldn't puff, puff, pass, no matter <laughs> yeah. what the environment is. Can you do this in a mask? <laughs> Ask Laramie Tunzel. Laramie Tunzel's <laughs> probably still killing it.
1: That's why I use a gas mask, bro. Yeah, I don't have, I, there's nobody jumping to my mind that fits in that camp. Kareem Hunt.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Maybe. Nick Chubb's probably the least likely. <laughs> Did you see the video? Did you guys see the video on the first day when they had to come in to do their temperature check? So like they're all outside the building. There's like a trailer set up. Like they're just like literally parking their car in the parking lot and coming to like a table outside the trailer to get like you know shot with the temperature um, gun type thing. And um, Sheldrick Redwine is, like, taking videos of people, like, coming in. He goes, oh, it's Nick Chubb. And he's, like, giving him, like, this hard time. And Nick Chubb has his mask on, of course. Everybody's got their mask on. And he just looks at him and doesn't change his expression at all. And just <laughs> walks right past. And
2: it was just.
1: <laughs> Priceless. Right down the middle for Nick Chubb. This is just, just who he is. Just every business. Single time. The
0: man is all business. Mm.
1: Nothing but. I love it. We've had some good contract renegotiations and new deals come up in the in our time off, which I'm very excited. I don't think I could be more excited about the Andrew Barry situation as as I am right now. A lot of
2: a lot of defensive end contracts.
1: Yeah, that's basically most of the news. The Olivier yeah. Vernon. I mean, all offseason, we've been here. We've been hearing the whispers about Jadavian Clowney, Browns. Put the most money on the table wasn't as much as he wanted. All this is it going to be Jadavian Clowney? We had a deal. I think it was five fifteen point two five. guaranteed was the contract for Olivier Vernon this year, and, which is basically none of get. it was guaranteed. You know, we could move away from it and wipe all of it off. It wouldn't have any dead cap. Um, and so that was the question: Do you go Jadavian Clowney or do you go Olivier Vernon? I don't think anyone really expected us to keep both if we signed Clowney. And then they just renegotiated um, Vernon's contract, and now he's only got eleven million guaranteed. So he basically saved over four million dollars right there. And
2: could rise rises to like thirteen. Yeah, something some, with incentives. I don't know what the incentives are.
1: I couldn't find them. I tried to look earlier. I don't think it's been publicized what the incentives are. I would guess it's some combination of games played and, and like sacks. statistical yeah. production, like sacks or something like that or hurries or something like that but it's a win-win i mean vernon's been sitting on the edge of his seat the entire offseason not knowing if the browns are going to cut him and if he's going to have to go begging to like go to somebody else for less than 15 million so now he gets 11 million guaranteed he can rest easy and we save four million dollars that we get to roll over next year if we don't use any of it this year it's just it's perfect it's perfect 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 and um well played by mr andrew barry very, very happy with that situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, if Vernon got cut, it was highly unlikely he was going to sign anywhere for, for fifteen more than the eleven that that he's getting now. Definitely guaranteed. not more than Jadavion Clowney. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year anyway, so he gets his guaranteed eleven, gets to move on at the end of the season. Um, and I'm, I'm happy having Vernon here over Clowney. Like I've, I feel like the skill set like balances out. I feel like if you put Clowney on the other edge, like it's it's sexy, it's awesome. I don't know. I but actually think Clowney's that... not nearly as disciplined, like in the run game on the no, edge. Like, no, it, I think like Clowney's great. really dynamic. good. He's in the he's run. Great game. Game. He's
1: really good in the run game,
2: but he's not as dis like at like holding the edge. I don't know. Like like Clowney's more of like a power interior player.
0: I tend to think of Clowney as mo- mostly a run stopper. Yeah. Whereas like initially when he was coming to the league, I thought of them as the more the Miles package, Garrett type. More the Miles Garrett type. But since his time in the league, I've seen him more as a run stopper, which I think could be a nice compliment to Miles Garrett, and I could see it.
2: But but I think that's what that's what Vernon brings to the table. He 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 plays his assignment. He's disciplined. He's strong at the point of attack. Um, no,
1: I'm and, and it's like a wash to me. I like them both, and I would be perfectly happy with either one of them. Um, to be to be
0: honest. So, but to your point, Michael, we say four million dollars to have Olivier. And there's not a person sitting around this table that doesn't like Olivier. We're pleased to have. him. Yeah. I mean, the biggest
1: question with him is staying healthy. And um, if he stays healthy, I'm thrilled with that situation. I mean, 11 million for him is great. And even up to 13, if he hits his, um, I mean, if he hits whatever those markers are, like, I think we're very happy, very happy. Um,
0: Especially because another thing I wanted to talk about um, as far as COVID-19 is concerned, um, there are some rumors that Chad Thomas might potentially opt out for the season. Um, and then another thing I wanted to mention is that Drew Forbes opted out for the entire season, which actually yeah. is a significant loss.
1: Yeah. So the opt-outs, I think, we, and we have a couple more days until for players to be able to opt out. I think they just stated this afternoon that they have till Thursday at 4 p.m. or something like that Yeah. to opt out. So Drew Forbes is the only significant player. He was going to compete for that right guard spot. Um, which I think he had a pretty decent chance of winning. Now Wyatt Teller's got to be feeling great, um, but that that's a little bit of a shot. It's an interesting move to me. Like, were you guys surprised to see Drew Forbes?
2: I don't I don't know anything about Drew Forbes, like personally, or like even even like his his mental makeup or or anything like that. I think that if if I was an NFL player, I. Wouldn't know what to do, you know. And how much was Drew are supposed to make
0: like this year? Six hundred and twenty-five
2: thousand dollars.
0: All right, so you got like a fifty percent pay cut.
1: But it's a, but it's a. No, 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 no. Because he probably only is getting hundred and fifty. I think he's getting three fifty. Oh, does he have a medical? That's what I heard. Okay.
2: But it's an advance on next year's. Yeah. Like earnings.
1: You just get it now.
0: Mm. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense long term. But no. if he actually has a legitimate medical exemption, yeah, which you have to
1: in order to get that
2: three fifty, so he's
1: got to like, have something. I suppose it makes sense. But I was it, just I, surprised.
2: It, it doesn't make sense in and of itself unless you're like worried about catching coronavirus and like dying. the long term effects of that, and then it definitely makes sense. Yeah, no, so I,
1: I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna fault anyone. On its surface, I was surprised. Um, I think of players that are like on the edge of like making the team like are probably more apt or like later on in their career are, like ah, I don't need this like I'm not gonna like take yeah. the risk but he, this I'll, is like I'll such take,
2: a take my 350 and this is like the yeah. pivotal season I'll take
0: 350 right now and I'd retire I'd quit my job for 350k
2: <laughs> no <Yeah>. doubt <laughs> That's like a decade
1: <laughs> <laughs> for what I do yeah <laughs> But, I mean, this is, like, the pivotal season for Drew Forbes from, like, an NFL career, like, standpoint. I mean, he's, like, running into, like, a true competition, like, seems about to be head-to-head between him and Wyatt Teller for that starting right guard spot. He wins that. Then he sets himself on a trajectory for, like, a pretty successful NFL career. Yeah. He decides to sit it out. And, like, now it's, like, really yeah. questionable yeah. about yeah. what yeah. his NFL career yeah. looks like. And so that's that's you a gotta, big decision. Yeah. Like, it's a really tough, tough call to make. So, um, props to him for having the cojones to, like, step up and, and opt out. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do, I know. So. Um,
2: Are yeah. you surprised we haven't seen any big names across the league? The biggest name is probably Dante Hightower. And C.J. Mosley. From the Patriots. C.J. Mosley opted out. <laughs> <The Jets. laughs> that contract just pushes. All that guaranteed oh, yeah. money just pushes to <laughs> an like, older player. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That stinks. You played two
1: games last year? That's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's a yeah. bummer. Um, I am and I'm not. I don't know. It's a, it's there's
2: two sides to that because one on one side there's players who have made a lot of money. But those are also the players who are under big money contracts. Yeah. So it's so like uh you're, yeah. you're yeah. you you have more you don't need the new money as much potentially. Versus what you're giving but up.
0: Also, the thing is, is with an NFL football player, like, you have such a limited window to make all of your money, and you cannot give up a year of that. You Like, you just have these, like, prime years where if you're in a contract, like, you might be, like, Drew Forbes, like, he might be foregoing that money for the rest of his life and all of his potential earnings. So, like, I, I'm not surprised. Like, they're already putting their body on the line week in and week out. Um with concussions and everything else, like uh, a viral disease, I don't think is like top of their mind as like something that's going to take them down long-term and they, and they just have such a limited window.
1: Yeah. I mean the average NFL player plays for 3.3 years. So you take one of those years that you're literally taking a third of your career out, like across the board. And That's potential
0: earnings that might be the only like large potential earnings. This is what they've fought for their entire life yeah. is to make it to the league, and they're here. Like, yeah, it's a those big money earners. Like, I think,
2: big- I think this stuff like that makes the CJ Mosley opt out make more sense. It's like he already got his big contract that just tolls pushes down the line, he's not going to sign another huge money deal.
1: Nope, definitely like, not. Like, this is it.
2: So now he's just. Gets to push it down the line. He's kicking the can down the road. Basically, not risk his health, not get hurt this season. We'll come back when it's fresh. I still get all my guaranteed money. Yep. No. And, nope. and he's he probably a, wasn't going to see the end of that contract and anyway. And he's
1: on a shitty team. Yeah.
2: Like, like <laughs> that, yeah. I think that matters too. So y'all go get better. Yeah. And I'll come back. Yeah. Not a bad call. Yeah. I'll be interested to see. I mean, with the the Patriots, with. They're going to be a fascinating team to watch this year because of all the pieces that they've lost. and mm. For the yes. first time in a long time, I'm going to be really interested to watch the Patriots.
0: Yep. Who starts week one? Cam. Cam.
2: It's got to be.
0: I mean, that'd be my choice.
2: <laughs> how, bull, how bull crap is that?
0: Well, I mean, they pounded that, like, that narrative time and time again that they had their guy.
2: And Cam's making, like, a million dollars this year or something stupid.
0: Yeah. I thought it was going to be Marcus Mariota, and he was just going to be dope.
1: Where did Mariota land? He landed in Oakland? Oakland, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oakland no longer has an NFL team. I forgot. Las Vegas Raiders. All right. That's the team that's going to have to get wiped off the map. They're in freaking Las Vegas for the first time. Like, a bunch of 20-year-olds in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's going to be the problem team. There's a Yeah, and John Green, John coach, like <laughs> controlling that, things there. That might I, continue
2: to be a problem wait, going on in the future. Wait, do we play the Raiders this year? I don't think so. Uh,
1: good. Uh, That's good. That bodes well for us. Um, all right, let's talk well, about we'll play teams that play the Raiders and you know they, they, Yeah, you know, but the hopefully kind of Hopefully yeah. they'll
0: show symptoms before. You know how viruses work. <laughs> they tend to spread. <laughs> um all right, let's talk about this Miles Garrett contract. This is one of the most exciting things that's happened since the last time we did the podcast. So Miles Garrett, five year, one hundred and
2: twenty. Oh, we do play the Raiders week eight. We were wrong. Oh.
1: All right. Wait, do we play the whole AFC West? Haven't, no. haven't
2: memorized the schedule yet. What we, if don't we don't just, play the whole AFC what West? What if we just
1: we just uh, matched up? We're in the same spot as them. In the correct.
0: We put okay. all our reserves out there. Keep our starters in their hotel rooms. As a scapegoat. All right, so let's talk about this Miles Garrett contract. It's five years, $125 million, $100 million um, guaranteed. Um, and that's just
1: an extension off of his rookie deal that has the fifth year option already exercised. So we actually are getting Miles for another seven Seven seasons.
2: more years of Miles Garrett.
1: Nobody has any complaints about that.
0: No. All right, Michael, I know you got a little chub from this one. Um, tell me about how excited you are about this contract.
1: I'm excited on a number of levels because anytime you have a player that is clearly like amongst the top at his position, you want to sign him as early as possible because the salary cap grows every single year. If you sign him to a top-of-the-market deal right now, over time it will grow and become a deal that looks like a freaking steal. Assuming he stays healthy and continues playing at the level that he's playing at. Yeah,
2: and, and assuming he doesn't hold out and you don't have to re-up his deal at some point down the road
1: correct correct but it's always advantageous this is the same thing that you know howie roseman did with like carson wentz signed him i think two off seasons ago to a long-term deal they saw he was the guy it's in the nba it's like steph curry got signed to like a big time deal before he had really popped and become like the really miles garrett this off season was the best window to sign him to a long-term deal coming off of the helmet incident. It was the first time we were able to. Yeah, you can't do it until after his third season. So it was right when the window opened. So it already organically, just by the structure of the NFL rules, is the earliest we could do it. And that's already going to be the best time. But then his public perception is not as good as it would have been prior to the helmet incident with Mason Rudolph. And so I I doubt that the Browns were like actively holding that over Miles Garrett's head in this negotiation but that's sitting out there and that's lingering. Like that is that is a factor. And so, but there's I, al-
2: and there's also the goodwill that you developed through that whole process. Like by all accounts, the Browns were nothing but supportive. Yeah. And in Miles Garrett's corner through that whole incident. And so, you know you're not going to go quite as hard in a contract negotiation when you feel like somebody just had your back.
1: Yeah. And my Miles gets that whole season last year and keeps going on the trajectory that he was. And I think he would automatically garner a little bit more than he did. Like, but we don't have a full season of peak miles yet because of he was a on variety track for, of factors he was on track for 16 sacks. I mean, it's like he, he was having a phenomenal season. And so all of these things add up to this being like the absolute best window. If I was miles Garrett and I was miles Garrett's agent, I would probably tell him to wait a year because his value is going to be so much larger next off season. But except I don't think
2: miles Garrett's the guy who's going to play 12 years. That might be true. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the only contract
1: miles Garrett signs in his career. It wouldn't shock me either. I mean, he'll be 30 when it's if he,
2: if he plays it out or plays it out to like one, one year left and, I don't know. He d- so he he might just kind of be in the position of I'd rather just lock it up. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ride this out. I'm not looking to like get this contract and then parlay that into to one more contract and keep it moving. So um, we'll see. I think I think it's a phenomenal deal. First first round pick that we've re signed since Joe Hayden. <laughs> Yeah, which is like unbelievably embarrassing. That's horrible. Yeah, but there's no one else
1: that was worthy. So at least they didn't make a dumb mistake and resign somebody that yeah. wasn't worthy. Justin Gilbert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who was our Who was our best first round pick between Joe between Joe Hayden and Miles Garrett? Did we have one?
1: There are no good ones. Trent
2: Richardson, because he had a good rookie year?
1: And we got a first-round pick for
2: him? Yeah, we got a first-round pick for him. That's pretty good value.
0: It's pretty good value. I think you'd have to say Trent Richardson.
2: I mean, Danny Shelton, no. It's brutal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it might be Trent. That's really rough.
0: Unanimously one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Uh,
2: Brandon (laughs) Whedon? anybody
0: no certainly not Justin Gilbert and certainly not Johnny Manziel
1: not Corey Coleman nope that's pathetic
0: that's a sad question Matthew I wish you hadn't asked
1: it yeah all right I'm gonna read them to you so since Joe Hayden we had Phil Taylor oh. F- Phil was okay Phil. it actually might I, be Phil I Taylor think it might be <laughs> Phil I think it is <laughs> then Trent Richardson, <laughs> I still would go with Trent Richardson just because of the trade value we got back. But if you're looking at a pure football player standpoint, Phil I think Taylor, Phil Taylor, Phil Taylor beats... had a
2: decent career, got cut short by injuries, could
1: never stay healthy with the next team. But yeah, um, Brandon Whedon that same year, Barkevius Mingo, then Justin Gilbert still in the league. Barkevius, he's a special teams player. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly the the first number round six value. overall special teams player. Matthew is yes. not wrong, though. <laughs> Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel, Danny Shelton, Cam Irving, Corey Coleman, and Miles Garrett. Oh,
2: that's so bad. Oh. Those are so bad. I mean,
1: it's either Phil Taylor or Trent Richardson.
2: And it's not even close. Yeah. Oh. And neither of those guys played. Phil Taylor probably didn't play more than five years in the league. If we'd been doing
0: podcasts back then, you could play back our reaction to each one and just oh see gosh. how sad it was.
2: So, uh, this I'm is going to be this is the first domino in a string of first round picks being resigned. I, I hope mean, so. next off season, hopefully, we'll be able to see Baker and Denzel Ward resigned to a long term deal. Although it'll be super interesting to see. There's, especially with what's happening to the salary cap, potentially. And it's gonna be interesting. What happens? Because oh, maybe you want to wait these deals so you don't have big signing bonuses, so you don't have a big cap hit, so you can push things down the line. I don't know.
1: I don't know. And do you want to sign them both at the same time? Probably not. Well, if the salary if, the salary, if the salary
0: cap next lower, season? if the salary cap is lower next year, and you can actually get people for increased value next year. If that's something that's happening, who knows if it actually
1: will. But if you can, then absolutely, yes, you could be in a fantastic position. As we sit right now, I think that Denzel Ward's in better position to get re-signed than Baker Mayfield.
2: I feel like the value is probably more easily established and both sides could probably come to a deal yeah, quicker and easier.
1: That b- that would make sense. Well, There's, they
0: can't they can't be resigned right now, correct? No, not till yeah. next year. So, I mean, but this, like as we this, sit
1: right here, as we look towards next off season, if I had to guess, I would guess that it's more likely that Denzel Ward gets an extension next off season than Baker Mayfield. Completely contingent. On although, what this
2: year, although right? Andrew Berry's yeah, right. Andrew right. Barry's coming from the Howie Roseman school of thought, which, like you were saying before, time up early. Because that contract's gonna look good, but you've got to be sure, and I, I think we'll be pretty sure, coming out of this year with Baker, one way or another, unless COVID, (laughs) like you're you're not sure. I mean, who knows how many games we even play? Uh, But we'll throw that up. How
0: many Browns players get COVID throughout the season? Over under
2: seventeen. I I have no idea. I God, I hope not that many. So
0: many, so many scrub football players are gonna get a chance this year. If that Here's happens, if that happens, maybe none of it happens.
2: I I think if you have, if you have teams that have that many positive tests, I think things are just gonna get shut down. Like I like I think that in that environment with that many positive tests, like it just becomes like untenable at that point. Makes sense.
1: I also think it's gonna matter how serious some of the cases are it's gonna take yes. one gonna... I, I really I really no, think yeah. it matters no I agree I really think it matters um I, I think that if a bunch of people get it and there's not a lot of like symptoms and it's not like serious for any of them even if there's long-term effects that like we don't know or whatever the case might be but if no one's like actively suffering as a result of like getting the virus, I could see a scenario where they just kind of keep like plowing through. They it. just yeah. kinda keep plowing through. But one player like is like in the hospital a for a ventilator. few days yep. and like it gets shut down like in a heartbeat. Like that's all that it's gonna take, I think, to like really turn. Does it, it
2: off does it have to be a player? What if, what if it's like a coach? What if it's like a referee? What if which, it's uh it, which honestly is probably more
0: likely that they if it's a referee, nothing will happen. <laughs> not one thing
2: <laughs> it's sad but true
0: <laughs> no one is going to care
1: at all um yeah that's interesting
2: yeah i mean it's there i am simultaneously thrilled that we are six weeks away from a browns game and absolutely horrified at
1: I'm, the possibility of but so I'm going to soak up every ounce of the football happen. that we get to watch because oh it's not going to be – it might not be that So
0: much. many other sports have already done it and been, I would say, successful.
1: But base, but doing. baseball
2: is quite arguably actively imploding. <laughs> and they're, like I was saying before, on a very similar model to the, the NFL's model. What kind model. of
1: model is like Premier League soccer operating under? It's a good question. Cause they're like pretty contact. Like they're more contact than, you know, baseball is.
2: Yeah. So on they're, the field, but, like, but yeah, yeah. it's like, it's more about
1: the locker
0: room. It's more about, they're like not what in what a complete
2: doing. bubble. Like the NBA, they're not all in one location, but they, I believe they're all, all the players because it was a condensed schedule. We're all staying like in a hotel together for the six weeks to finish out the, the year. Which I think makes a
1: huge difference. Is there an owner that's going to step up and be like, "We'll put you up"? I in would. This, like, I would. Well, if I was like, an owner, like, I absolutely would. Well, well, the like, is no, David the, Tepper going to be like, "No, the New we Orleans we could do this." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just no. The New
2: Orleans Saints rented a hotel today for as like an optional training camp bubble for for the team if they need Well, the problem well, is that it's
0: optional. You have to make it mandatory. Well, no, like
2: going- if they if they need to like pivot to that is what they were doing, but. Right now, there's hotels that are available. Oh, yeah, wouldn't be that sure. expensive. For you, sure. You can I,
0: buy them all an Airbnb. Did They're I tell you, like you guys about, about the, the trip outlet? I took a the couple problem, weeks ago? The problem
2: is nobody wants to – like, the players don't want to do that. Mm. That's like a crappy quality of life for 20 weeks. I but agree. With, I mean,
0: not to – I mean, the for sure, the players are going to have their own opinion on it. But from my perspective, you're getting paid that much money. Like, you can –
1: The thing that really sucks is the people that have like families, and like you're not seeing your kids. Is your your family four
2: months? Is your family in the bubble at the hotel for for five months with you? Yes,
0: for sure. They should be. Is there a pool?
1: (laughs) That's all all you need.
2: Are there outside people? No.
1: Great. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, We're bouncing around all over the place. But the Miles Garrett contract, the Possibly the best thing about it was what happened two weeks later in that Joey Bosa getting signed, which I would guess that every Chargers fan is saying, "Oh, Joey Bosa is so much better than Miles Garrett," and every Browns fan is saying, "Oh, Miles Garrett is so much better than Joey Bosa." I would take either of them. Yeah, they're both really yeah. good. They're on the same tier. I think you know I'm the Browns fan that would prefer Miles Garrett, and I'll just I'll just say that. But I I, I think there's legitimate arguments about. Joey Bosa as well. And so I won't I won't go down that route.
2: But it's interesting to see the the difference in value to these contracts cuz significant. I think I think an outside observer would say they'd rather have Miles Garrett on his contract than Joey Bosa on his contract. There like doubt. Joey Bosa is not $10 million better than Miles Garrett. Yeah. So Garrett was and 5 maybe years maybe vice versa if the, was, if the values were switched and I mean, who knows.
1: Yeah. Garrett was 5 years, 125 million extension. Bosa 5 years, 100 Thirty-five million extension, which is huge. And Bosa came into the league a year earlier, so he's you know in between his fourth and fifth seasons right now, whereas Garrett's between his third and fourth. And so, to me, one of the biggest things of this is not only are we getting him Miles Garrett on a cheaper per a- annual deal; his average annual deal is twenty-five million versus twenty-seven for Bosa, but we get that twenty-five million further down the line for like a whole extra year um over what Bosa has. Like I mean seven I mean, years. But, but, of Miles but
2: Bosa Garrett. was playing on his rookie deal last year. Like I mean it, it Bosa's just one year ahead into the league of Miles. So it's all it's all just like staggered. It's not like we're getting a, a better deal than the Chargers got other than that ten million.
1: Yeah, but at that last year of the deal, so going in the twenties 26 season if they want to keep joey bosa they're gonna to have to pay 40 million dollars sure. and miles garrett's gonna be under contract for an average of 25 sure so that's all i'm saying there but he will
2: have been with a team for the same amount of time correct as yeah
1: correct um so anyways making me love andrew barry that much more you want the quick striker on the contracts and the players that you know you want to keep on your team sign them as early as you possibly can I remember dancing whenever we signed Duke Johnson to an extension, and then we ended up not seeing any of the fruit of that particular deal. We but it was the same way I felt. Him. I mean, it was a much smaller value deal overall, but it's the same thing with this. It's like you want to sign the guy earlier, keep him in and around. And um,
2: who, is the, who is the fruit? Uh, Phillips? What's our defensive tackle from Missouri that we drafted? Isn't that who we used for the Duke Johnson pick?
1: Why is that name not? Co- I don't think Phillips is the it's answer. Not Phillips.
2: It's. Uh, oh, we're so rusty right now.
1: Wah, 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 wah. It might be Phillips. Is it Jordan something? Jordan Elliott. Not Phillips. Elliott. I got the yep.
0: first name. Isn't
2: that who we picked with a? No, that, that was th- our true third, third round. round pick.
0: No, it was. It was Jacob Phillips, the linebacker.
2: That's what I was Makes <laughs> <sense>. you're mixing <laughs> them.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. There you go. Which that's going to be a very interesting position. Linebacker. I think that guy might end up playing a lot. I I think he's going to end up playing a
2: lot too. And what's interesting is he he's a good complement to um, the linebackers that we have. I mean, Mac Wilson was made some amazing plays in coverage. In preseason. And in the regular season, too. But just God God awful.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, when actually playing an assignment, trying to fill a gap, like, rated terribly was awful. If you can switch him out to, like, a situational linebacker role where he doesn't have to play all the time until he can figure out what he's looking at. And if Jacob Phillips, who the knock or the – mo on him coming out of school was that he was always the first one to like each each hole i mean he's quick he's mentally there knows what he's doing he's got i'd much rather have a guy who's in the position there, like slowing things down and maybe misses a
1: tackle no he doesn't miss a tackle then he's the surest tackler in the entire draft he's the surest tackler like across the board like, that power. is, like, what those, he does. Those is good old Nashville boys. Tackle. So, if you look at the four, it seems like there's four linebackers, right? I mean, it's Jacob Phillips, it's B.J. Goodson, it's Mac Wilson, and Sione Takitaki. And honestly, if you look at the four of those, I feel like Phillips has the least number of question marks. The biggest question mark to him is just experience. Can he play in the league? It's experience. And, like... But as far as his physical ability and like the tools that he has and things, I think he's best positioned to play and play the most. But I, I
2: just worry about this season in particular. Right. But is he getting, like is going he forward time
0: at the beginning of yeah. the season, or is it going to be Sioni Takitaki filling that exact role that he would fill at the beginning? Of the season? If we had the preseason to play them both out, I would think that maybe Jordan Phillips would would edge him out. But Sione Takitaki is a similar type player, and I feel like he's going to
1: – I don't think – Takitaki is much more physical. I, he, he tested pretty well. I'm just really interested to see where those guys like, – we, we didn't see hardly any Takitaki
2: last year because he was hurt. I know. And I don't know
1: what to make of him at all.
2: I don't I don't know anything about PJ Goodson. I know we signed him to, to not a big money deal.
1: He's bad in coverage, good in front defense. He's like a middle so he's linebacker.
2: He's like the opposite Mac Wilson.
1: Yeah. He's which more like Taki Taki. It seems like, like, we, have, it seems like okay. we have
0: three opposite Mac Wilson.
1: That's why I think Mac Wilson's Wilson. going to play a lot because he brings a skill set that the other ones don't. Like, he's much better in coverage than the others.
2: But at the same time, if we're playing like a big dime, which we will, then Mac Wilson's not playing because that's Kevin Johnson and that's the third safety on the.
1: On the yeah, field, we're gonna play three safeties on the field a whole lot. Yeah, I think. I think Redwine's gonna play a lot. I think Redwine's gonna play a lot. And I mean, Carl Joseph,
2: Sandejo Sende- can fill the role that whatever Mac Wilson was doing, covering anybody being big.
0: Yeah, Redwine scares me as much as Mac Wilson does. Redwine gave up as many big mm-hmm. plays. Redwine and... was good at the end of last season. But Redwine gave up some big coverage lapses throughout the season. And Mac Wilson gave up some big run stopping lapses, filling gaps and stuff like that. But Redwine had some bad, bad moments
1: throughout last season. He started bad, I think, and then shorted up a lot as he got more. Races.
2: Our safeties were such a disaster last year. Somebody I forgot about. I was rewatching rewatching games this weekend. I was tweeting Jermaine about Whitehead. it. Jermaine Whitehead. <laughs> that Ravens game. He won that Ravens that game. That Ravens course. game, he forced a fumble. On, on uh, Mark Ingram, and then he had that interception over the over top. Over the top,
1: over Mark Andrews. And then the next week, he, had he,
2: t- he tweeted whatever the dumb thing he tweeted or said or whatever, and he got cut. It was like the the, the week of his career, <laughs> just just gone. Gained a little bit of confidence, just a little bit too much.
1: He yeah. would have been another one that would have no, brought COVID he in.
2: He did have a sack that, like – At the near the end of the game, it like sealed the game or something.
1: Yeah, we both just rewatched that game this week. That was quite a game. A lot of the little things just went the Browns' way in that game. Absolutely, yeah. I I mean, we beat the Ravens 40 to 25, but it was like rewatching that
2: game. I just kind of felt lucky more than anything else.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, something else (laughs) happened that is just a, a comical thing. Uh, our week three opponent got a got a new team name, <laughs> and it was hilarious to me. I was looking on the schedule, and it's like uh, week one Ravens, week two I forget who we play. Uh, the Bengals, no. Pulling it up here, and then it was oh, week three uh, versus football team. <laughs> just, that is just yes, yes, yes. We probably are playing a football team uh is that bangl- just bangles
0: it is the bangles yeah um is that just dan schneider just being like all right you want me to change the name you want me to change the name i want to make it the most generic thing i possibly can just to we're screw gonna, all of y'all we're
2: gonna be the football team
1: oh yeah that's right the we play washington thursday night team. so like we play opening weekend and then in another five days it's okay. gonna
2: be a lot of sloppy football
1: i mean but the Bengals are gonna be in rough shape starting Joe Burrow like on that shortest short notice. Like that's brutal.
0: People are I think Joe Burrow is going to struggle in a completely different system in a completely new scheme like a rookie quarterback.
1: It's going to be rough. It's At least rough. he has good receivers, but he has no offensive line. Absolutely no offensive line. Like their offensive line sucks.
2: Jonah Jonah Williams? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is back, hopefully hopefully.
0: Yep. It's a big hit last year for the Bengals and it was felt.
1: I mean, the Browns rec- the Browns you know, I don't think our chances are great against the Ravens. We're it's at Baltimore. I mean, like, oh, it's just like everything stacked against us in that particular game. But then we get the Bengals and then the Redskins or the, no, the football, team. football team. <laughs> we
2: get the football team. How
0: effing dare you Michael
1: <laughs> we you, get the football team I can't
0: believe you you and bite your tongue no I'm not done with not this. only do we play those
1: games but they're both at home they're, they're both in they're, Cleveland they're both
2: at home and they're they're terrible teams yeah. with inexperienced quarterbacks I mean in this environment like we should be able to to fairly easily win those I think games I our chances the are pretty of good of
1: being confident. two and one and if we happen to pull out a miracle in week one, we're feeling we're looking real pretty. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I just think that th- that's such a such a difference from our the beginning of our schedule last year, where it was where just it was like, murderers row. Can we row. be two and four? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> murderers row, especially after we laid an egg against the Titans in Oh
2: one. yikes! Yeah, that was the one we needed to win for sure.
0: I remember that first drive where we went down and scored a touchdown on our first drive, and I was like. This is what this year is gonna be like. Yeah, we're gonna actually do it. It's finally here, and then we just laid an egg. <laughs> like- and also, like being from Nashville and like all my other friends being Titans fans, it just f- hurt that much more.
2: Oh, so, um, if Joe Burrow doesn't struggle, if Joe Burrow just like lights it up we from played- day one, I'm gonna be so mad. Yeah, we played Joe
0: Burrow twice in the first seven weeks. We played the Raven or the Bengals again in week seven which is what you want you want to play yeah, the quarterback sure. uh in the first half of the yeah season. exactly and then the raiders and then we got to expect COVID to hit but we got a bye week right after that's helpful uh,
2: <laughs> for your two-week <laughs> quarantine <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> two-week quarantine after playing the raiders every year um all right another thing i want to talk about is um david and joku um earlier in the off season, he mentioned that he wanted to be traded David Rosenhaus uh, being his new agent. Drew Drew Rosenhaus that being one. his agent. Um, David's
2: brother. Yeah.
1: He actually has a brother that's in his agency with him, but his brother's name's Jason, not David. Uh, of course, bummer. his
2: brother's Drew and Jason. <laughs>
0: um, so David and Joku changes his, change his vibe, and he says he um, no longer wants to be traded, and he now wants to be a member of the Cleveland Browns, which makes sense. Um, in our new offensive scheme surprising that he um, initially wanted to get out in the first place obviously our focus has shifted towards being tight end heavy probably two tight end sets things like that um, and joker's probably going to get the ball a fair amount i don't know why he would want out this particular season
2: well but,
1: how sexy austin, austin
2: hooper came in I so don't know. Excited
1: to have both of those guys out there. I don't know that For he sure.
2: is going to get the ball all that much. I mean, we've got we're going to be a, a a run heavy scheme. We've got OBJ and we've got Jarvis on the outside. We're probably going to be running two receivers most of the time. We've got Austin Hooper that we brought in, who's now the highest paid tight end in the league, who's going to be the number one, and then Nijoku is going to be kind of that fifth option. On the I offense, don't, I don't
0: know that he necessarily will be the absolute number one option. We wanted to have long-term security at the position because we knew it was going to be a focal point moving forward.
2: Yeah, but Austin Hooper is like a more uh, balanced tight end, right? N- Njoku is going to be more more dynamic, more explosive, but Austin Hooper is the guy who's going to be on the field all the time. Um, and even if you look at the tight ends in Stefanski's offense in Minnesota, I mean, they only got like. Forty something targets each so I don't I don't know how many targets Njoku's actually gonna get I, I think more than he got
0: last year I think
2: he's gonna get quality targets
0: yeah
2: is like I think the opportunities he does get he's gonna get one-on-one coverage against he's gonna get a couple, second, second like, or third tier defenders David Njoku's there. gonna
1: have like at least two like a long touchdowns down the seam
2: I, I would certainly hope so. And he has an opportunity to take advantage of the opportunities he's going to get. I just don't know that the volume's not going to be there because there's just too many mouths to feed. I mean, by the well, time I mean, we get to Chubb, Hunt, also, like, OBJ, Landry, Austin Hooper. can argue that for Hooper, everybody
0: except for Chubb.
2: That's fair. But the reality is you're, there's only so many snaps in a game. And, like, I even think somebody like Higgins, who came back, if Higgins catches twenty five balls this year? Yeah. I agree. That's that. that's gonna be like a great year for him. There's just not gonna be that many unless there's an injury, there's just not gonna be that many balls to go around to get that far down the roster. Like what does a Donovan a good Donovan Peoples Jones season look like? Yeah. I mean fifteen catches? <laughs> like I don't maybe. like I d I don't know.
0: Maybe. I mean how often are you talking about your six round draft pick
1: i'm glad we're we're having these discussions these are the kind of discussions you want too many talented players to give to give touches and then
2: i mean harrison bryant's good Uh, i mean i don't ever expect a rookie tight end to really come in and, and and be the guy right away but he's he's dynamic he's got stuff to offer yep so it'll it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out um i will say that before last season, I thought David Njoku was going to be a pivotal part of our long-term future. I would be shocked if he was a, a long part of our long-term future. Even, no, though, even sure. though the Austin Hooper deal, I mean, we can get out of it. Af- not this season. We can get out of it after two years, and it's pretty much
1: fine. That will be interesting, actually. There's, that's a decision point. And they're going to want to keep two tight ends, I would imagine. Harrison Bryant will be cheap. At, still at that point, so you we'll, would, we'll have the option to re-sign
2: to Joku and let Hooper walk.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. We could we could go with Njoku if we wanted to and let Hooper move on, or we could stick with the Hooper contract yeah. and let we Njoku could basically move on like give Hooper's
2: to. contract into
1: Njoku and and if after this year we like Hooper, we could potentially trade Njoku next offseason if that was something we like wanted to do. Yeah. Do you think that's what Andrew Barry
0: told him whenever he finally got into the facility? Is like, hey, like. It could be you. You could be the tight end that we go with. Like, we want... I know you love Cleveland. I know this looks like a five-year deal, but... like like, We have this flexibility, and you might be the guy. It could be. Because he clearly changed his tone once he just, like, all of a sudden got into the facility and talked to Andrew Barry and, like, talked to the rest of the team and found out about the plan and talked to Stefanski. Like, he took a complete 180.
2: Njoku also feels to me like he's a guy who always seemed to enjoy the team and like his teammates and like being a part of it. And there was a part of the trade demand that I just wonder if it wasn't D- Drew Rosenhaus trying to drum up something that wasn't ever what Njoku like really felt. And then you, you start getting back in the group of things, getting the excitement of training camp, getting everything. And it's like, no, I don't want to do, I don't want to move
1: like, This is where I want to be. So, question. I was thinking about this earlier today, or the other day, whenever then Njoku basically said he was coming back. Have you ever seen this happen? Where someone basically said, I want to be traded, and then they're like, okay, I'm back.
2: I mean, it kind of happened with Duke, didn't it? Duke showed up. No, but then we traded him. I mean, he showed up. We ended up trading him, but he showed up, and he was like, no, I'm – I'm going to show up and like do my I mean, job in Brown's history. Yeah.
1: I don't think within the Brown's realm, I don't think it's ever happened that way, but I'm trying to think like NFL wide this season. I'm thinking of Dalvin cook basically saying he's going to hold out, threaten but that's different than saying you want to be traded. But like, you, can't, you say you, can't you want can't to be even traded, hold
2: out under the new CBA. <laughs> like, it, doesn't, it doesn't work <laughs> like that anymore, bud.
1: Yeah, no, the Dalvin cook thing. I never expected to happen, but like, Someone basically saying they wanted to be traded and then coming back—it's yeah. pretty rare. Well,
2: it's—I think it's also pretty rare because how often do you say you want to be traded and people aren't like mad at you? You know, like, like I feel like nobody ever—like nobody ever got worked up about the Nijoku like trade demand. I feel like everybody kind of called bullshit on it. And it was just like. <laughs> it's true, you know. It's true. Like I didn't see like news cycles about this. I didn't see like people pissed about it. It was kind of like, eh. Looks like he might want to go. I'll eh, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. I agree. That's a funny thing.
2: Because normally there's the PR hit of it, where it's like you you tried to quit on the team. Like we don't, from a fan perspective, like we don't want you here. I don't know. Um, I'm excited to have everybody everybody in the building. Um, it'll be interesting to see how our offense plays out, and if we're going to run two tight ends, most snaps we need we need three, probably four, that we can rely on because mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to burn through some of those guys just attrition injuries. Not COVID. not to mention this season, yeah. where cool. you don't know.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Stocked.
0: So Michael, yeah, you wanted to end the podcast on a positive note.
1: Yeah. We haven't done this in a while. All right, I want to know the one... I mean, Matthew, you watched a couple games the other day. It looks like it's actually going to at least start the season. So like, what is the one thing you're most excited about looking into this 2020 Cleveland Browns season? Mark, I'll start with you.
0: Mm. That was the old Um, switcheroo. So what I'm most excited about is I am most excited about Nick effing Chubb. I cannot wait to see what Nick Chubb does in this Kevin Stefanski offense. He had last year, um, he had 1,494 yards. um, And you look at what Dalvin Cook did last year. He had uh, 11,035 yards, which is an uptick of almost like 100% 1100 or 1135 yards
1: 11,000 yeah Dalvin Cook had a man career year year. like Um. whole career in one season
2: he's like (laughs) 8th on the career rushing list after one season he he had
0: 1135 which is almost double what he had in 2018 uh, under Kevin Stefanski last
1: year and and if I
2: remember Dalvin Cook missed a game or two last season
1: he was out for a little bit Madison got a little bit of time yeah and so I, I only think, know that because he's on one of my fantasy teams. I mean, of we, kn- we know Nick Chubb has been absolutely
0: nasty, but we've seen what the uptick that Cap- Dalvin Cook took from Kevin Stefanski running uh, the offense in uh, Minnesota. And so, I I mean, I don't know how high he can take up from that ridiculously high number from last season, um, but I think it's going to be higher because I think we're going to be running the ball a lot, and I just think it's going to be fun AFC North football to watch.
1: I do too. And this has been one of the most interesting things I was telling you guys before we recorded about how I've been playing a bunch of best ball fantasy drafts. And Nick Chubb is like really – is pretty low actually on the running back list because Stupid. of Kareem Hunt and the fact that you know he's probably not going to get a lot of catches, which really contribute a yeah. lot to – like, running back production in fantasy is, like, getting those catches out of the backfield. Which I think, if you look at just that, like, that's a pretty legitimate thing. I think in passing situations, Kareem Hunt is going to get the nod over Nick Chubb in a lot of cases. But I think from a pure running standpoint, I think that Nick Chubb is going to just completely crush. Well, in, a, in this zone blocking scheme with the new offensive line, I don't... There's so many factors. It's the new zone block. Like, he had a crappy offensive line last year. So the offensive tackles are both way upgraded from last year, particularly in, like, run blocking and zone blocking. And that's a huge upgrade. Plus, the zone blocking scheme is perfect for Nick Chubb. Like, that guy sees everything, can make the cut. I mean, I just don't see how he's not – going to at least match his rushing production from last and year.
2: And without any preseason games, like I feel like handing the ball off to a running back th- in a walkthrough in like a, a like touch padded practice is something that you can get the reps in there mm-hmm. where you can see how, how the line plays out, see how the holes open up, um, and vice versa. I'm not really worried about Nick Chubb being ready to go in the new system, even though it That's is a new system. That's a good
1: system. point. It's actually a good point. Being a running team and, like, the zone block, I guess the offensive line is the part you'd be worried about, like, with implementing the system. I wouldn't be worried about Nick Chubb, but the offensive line has to be completely, like, in tune with one another for that to, like, really work out and be an advantage for us. But most of the offenses in the NFL are more pass-heavy, and I think we're going to be a little bit more run-heavy relative to the average NFL team. Um, and that could be an advantage. Yeah.
2: I'm excited to see um, our defensive line. I feel like we, our defensive line has been building over the last couple of years, and, and we finally have the depth that like, makes it this, this thing that could actually be what we've wanted it to be for the last few years. Miles Garrett is going to be un stoppable Olivier Vernon is going to be back and be his normal self, hopefully is able to stay healthy. Larry Ogunjobi is entering fourth year in the league, Mm -hmm. third year in the league. We've got Sheldon Richardson is going to be Sheldon Richardson. We've got the depth behind those guys now in Adrian Claiborne. We've got Andrew Billings. We've got Jordan Elliott now, who's an exciting young player. We got that name right. All right, good. I'm – so optimistic about yeah. the the depth on the defensive line that we have that hopefully near the end of the year, we're not going to be scraping up these practice squad guys to, to play significant minutes like we have in the past. Having that depth with the rotation ability is going to be huge. Being able to get after the quarterback, especially in our division, um, if we can hit Big Ben, if we can fluster a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, if we can – play disciplined football, put pressure through the through the heart of the offensive line up against Lamar Jackson. Like that's gonna be huge.
1: Yep. I am super interested on that note, I am pretty confident that they are going to sign a veteran defensive end to fill out that defensive end rotation.
2: You think they'll sign a vet? I mean I feel like that's who Adrian Claiborne was.
1: But he can only play one side. Adrian Claiborne only plays the right side. Um, he has some sort of like medical condition. Have you ever read about this? No, this is like a really interesting <laughs> thing, and I'm not gonna speak to it because I don't know the specifics. But quite literally, he can only play the right hand side. Th-
2: there is some like physical reason yes. why he only he cannot plays- play the left
1: hand side. He can only play right defensive end. What could that? Piece. Anyways, we'll report back on the next <laughs> podcast. But like, look into it. It's like so, I'm not just blowing smoke. This so is a he, legitimate thing. He and Miles
2: Garrett are likely not lining up. Miles will switch him. over to the other side yeah. if they're both playing.
1: If Olivier comes off the field, or Miles will go this inside. This is the and craziest Olivier... thing I've ever heard. No, no, he seriously only plays the right hand side. Um, and so I definitely think is he like deaf in one ear? Like it's, he can't it's like, hear like, that. like
2: the snap count if he's on the. Um, it's uh, it's why aren't
0: you supposed to watch the ball in the first place? Anyways,
1: um, I definitely think they're going to go for another defensive end, and I don't know. I, I, I expect it to be a veteran. It could be somebody that you know gets dropped from another team. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think that it would be really valuable to this team. Right now it would probably be like Porter Gustin would probably win the fourth defensive end spot. Um, but I'm interested to see who that guy is. I expect them to pick somebody off the scrap heap to be a rotational defensive end. And I think that's only gonna take it that whole unit to the next level. So anyways, that leaves me for what I'm most excited about. And I think what I'm most excited about is like actually seeing a full healthy season of Odell Beckham Jr. in a Browns uniform. I mean, like, the guy still had a thousand yards last year, but it in was pretty hernia. ugly like over the whole season because of the sports hernia. The timing was not there with Baker. We got the splash plays here and there, but it wasn't consistent. And his season last year, if you just look at it over the arc of his whole career, was a complete anomaly. Complete anomaly. I I do not expect anything close to what his season was last year. He's going to take a big jump up from that. And I think that Stefanski is definitely going to do – what he needs to do to put him in position to succeed. And I'm just excited. Like when we were sitting here at this time last year, we were just giddy thinking about Odo Beckham. And that's kind of been dampened a little bit because we had a season where it just wasn't what we expected. But if I really sit back and think about all of the talent on the roster, like that's the one player I'm like truly excited to like don't, see and watch play.
2: Don't you wish that like early in training camp or – offseason workouts OTAs when when Beckham hurt his his groin last year that he had just had the surgery that they just missed like the first like four weeks of the season and come back yeah yeah and we almost like re revisited that like Landry almost didn't have his hip surgery this offseason like at the end of the season last year he wasn't planning on having his hip surgery and then couple weeks later he decided to do
1: it he played in the pro bowl and realized how bad it actually was and then he decided to do it
2: yeah i'm thankful i'd i'd much rather have a a fully healthy player at the end of the day and I, i think landry's been on record this week as saying that he's glad that he did it yep even though he's not fully back yet yep that's gonna be exciting i'm
0: i mean and it, just to clarify, Landry's still on schedule to start Week One. Correct. That is his. Yeah. That is his intent, and he's still there's been no backtrack, even though he just got identified as a unable to perform.
1: Yeah, but that's Up. according to the schedule that was already in place. Apparently, is basically what they're saying. So yeah. No.
2: Seeing a full Odell.
0: Yeah. No, I hadn't thought about that. That's it's, that's exciting. If I think back to one year ago, right now, exactly like you said. I mean, we were over the moon excited i think i released every ounce of dopamine and serotonin that i had in my whole body (laughs) whenever we traded for him so
2: think about like uh a hundred percent full go top of his game odell nick Chubb, miles garrett nothing else on your team like forget whatever else is on your team That's, like,
1: darn near good enough to win a crap ton of football games. And and he's quiet, so nobody thinks about him. But Denzel Ward is freaking good, too. And, like, you you don't think about him in that context. But, like, when Denzel Ward was healthy, like, the last half of last season and his rookie season, he's as good as just about any corner in the entire league. Yeah. If he does it, if he can stay healthy. It doesn't get concussed. I watched that Bengals
2: game week 16 from his rookie year where – he got run
1: over by Uzama, got concussed, out for the last game. I mean, there's there's top-tier talent for sure. The thing I think that excites me in thinking about this season, particularly considering COVID, I feel like we have so much more depth than we had last year, with the exception of the linebacker position. But if there's any position we're going to pick that we're not going to have like uber strength at, it would be the linebacker position is what I would pick.
2: Is is there a position group across the entire league that is worse than the
1: Browns' linebacking core? There's some tight end groups that are really miserable. But but that's teams.
0: but that I mean some groups don't use tight ends at all. Like everybody <laughs> uses linebackers. Use linebackers.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like that's not that's it's not possible. really a fair. Comparison. It's possible. <laughs> hey, we just, just skipped that group.
1: Uh, I mean. Would you greedy get in there in the middle? <laughs> I mean, like the Bengals' offensive line might be worse. There's some offensive lines that might be worse.
2: The Bengals' offensive line is is close. Didn't
1: they use a a second round pick on a, a lineman? No, they didn't. They spent a second round pick on a wide receiver, which they oh, really didn't right. right. they, they did T Higgins. They should have spent one on an offensive. Line. They didn't draft an offensive lineman, I think, till the sixth round of this year. Oh jeez,
0: can you imagine? Got to fill the stands, right? I'll, all
2: I'm, yeah, all I'm saying is the the Browns' linebacking core might might be the worst position group
1: in the NFL. You took it a step further than I would have. I would have said it's the worst linebacking core in the league, which is probably undoubtedly true. Which
2: is, I, I think, almost certainly true. I I'll have to go back through and look at position groups in the NFL. I'd be I'd be shocked if there was less proven ability in any position group
1: across the NFL. That'll be another one to really be. Int- Nigel Bradham just signed with somebody this past week, which was always kind of one of those like veteran linebackers that seemed like he could make some sense for the Browns to sign yeah. to like um, provide some stability at that position. But throughout camps, you know, as rosters whittle down, you always like end up being able to like pick up some veterans that you didn't think would necessarily be available. It would make a lot of sense for the Browns to sign a veteran linebacker to like get a little bit of stability for a one year deal to just kind of like smooth things over. It would not shock me at all if we get a like relatively big name proven maybe slightly over the hill linebacker to kind of hold down the fort for just 2020. Kind of, just
2: to kind of act as the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like we're not going to get worse than this.
1: Yeah. You need something yeah, like look, right now. We don't have any, like yeah. everything's a question mark when yeah. it looks at the, when you look at the well, linebacker. And
2: also group. you need a
0: veteran in a position group. That's so young like that. Well, well that's what, what BJ Goodson is
2: supposed no to be, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I don't B. J. know. He's
0: never been He's coming off as rookie.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
0: all right. Well, I think that will about wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening i know we've been on quite a long break but thank you so much for coming back and listening we appreciate you
1: yeah thanks for being patient with us
0: um and i know it is a crazy time but we hope that you guys are all staying safe happy and healthy and go browns let's go browns